everybody. This is Isabella from Sapphire Books. Um, You're listening to one of our new podcasts that we're going to be doing over the next several months. Actually, hopefully it will be well received and we'll continue doing them. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about some changes that are happening in the publishing market and as it pertains to lesbian fiction. As you know, I recently attended Romantic Times Conference this past week and if you ever had a chance to go you'll know that it is probably one of the most off-the-hook conferences as conference goes. Um, Unfortunately this is the last time for Romantic Times the conference is actually shutting down and be being remade into Book Lovers Con. Uh, The woman who started Romantic Times several decades ago has decided to end it all. Not only is she ending Romantic Times the conference, but she's also closing down the website in the next year. So if you have reviews from Romantic Times, you want to go ahead and get those, download them, uh, screenshot them, put them in your review file for later. And she's also uh, ending the magazine. As with anything, declining revenues, the market, publishing in general is changing so quickly that I suspect it probably wasn't profitable for her anymore to continue with the market. Um, I was lucky enough to have a few books advertised in the Romantic Times um, magazine, so I'm sorry to see it go. It was a great, great um, magazine. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about Romantic Times and some takeaways. Uh, I hope that you'll listen to my conference podcast on conferences that I go to that I think have some great takeaway value, some conferences that I will tell you whether they're worth the money or not, and um, some conferences, well, should be avoided. And so I'll tell you about those conferences as well. And so uh, after every conference, like Selexicon, I'll kind of give you an overview of my takeaway from that conference, what to expect if you attend, um, and whether you should get a vendor table, be a sponsor, or participate in panels. So I'm sure you can figure out what my answer is going to be on that last suggestion. I'll also be talking about, uh, I put together for Romantic Times, I put together a presentation on um, author branding and partnerships. And uh, there were some conversations that arose out of that presentation after, that we'll be talking about today, which I think might surprise some in the lesbian genre. And for others, it won't be a surprise to you at all. You'll know what's coming and you'll figure this out pretty quickly, but publishing's changing. Uh, When I went to Romantic Times this time, they offered a boot camp, and the boot camp was a beginner's writing boot camp, an advanced writer's boot camp, and Sherry Adair did her own boot camp. Uh, I didn't go to the Sherry Adair one uh, because it ran at the same time as the advanced writer's boot camp that I did attend, and I hope next year that they'll... Uh, break this out differently so that you can attend both if you want to. Um, It was extra, cost extra on top of the Romantic Times conference ticket, and I can tell you that it was absolutely, totally worth it. I learned so much at the Advanced Writers Boot Camp, and the people who put it on were Damon Suede. Um, You might have heard about Damon. He is a prolific gay romance writer for Dream Spinner. 
Terry Michaels, who is also a gay romance writer for Dream Spinner. And I got to meet Heidi Cullen, who is also a gay romance writer from Dream Spinner. And I'll talk to you about my conversation with Damon and Heidi later, because I think it's pretty interesting. And I hope that we can do what we talked about at the conference. Um, so if you, and I'm a big proponent of going to writers' workshops, going to anywhere that you can improve your craft. I really believe that no matter where you are in your writing career, that writing classes, writing uh, retreats, uh, seminars, college courses, anything that you can think of that will build your craft are definitely worth it, at least in my mind. Um, I feel like I'm getting better uh, than I was when I first published, and so I, and I hope the readers see that. But anyway, enough about that. So uh, I, Romantic Times is kind of a conference that's a little different than RWA, and I'll talk about my experience at RWA uh, in another podcast. But Romantic Times is different. There were about 4,000 attendees, and that included publishers, editors, uh, agents, authors, and readers. The majority of people who attended obviously were going to be authors. Um, I attended in an author capacity, although um, I did refer to Sapphire and talk to publishers and uh compare notes with them from uh, the lesbian genre perspective to some mainstream perspective, and, and I'll talk about that. Um, one of the things that I found interesting is that this conference obviously really caters to mainstream writing, and I knew that going in, so I had no illusions that somehow I was going to break it open or that I was going to be doing something that was uh, phenomenal. But one of the things that is across all spectrums is building your author platform, interacting with your publisher, what's working, what's not working. And um, some of the conversations that I had had to do around uh, authors who are writing lesbian romance or writing in the lesbian genre that are being dropped by their publishers. Several women came up to me after the conference or after my presentation on building your author brand through partnerships and talk to me about publishing, lesbian publishing. Uh, one particular author came up to me, Katie, whose uh, husband is stationed overseas in China, and China's a very restricted market, so her access to social media is very limited. In fact, they monitor her emails, they monitor her social media, they monitor her monitor her internet and they consider homosexuality to be perversive so they really restrict what she can do uh, I talked to her about having a street team in the U.S. that could market her books for her but what I found interesting was that she told me uh, she had a mainstream contract and when she started writing lesbian romance her publisher dropped her now, she has since found another publisher, but she's doing her lesbian romance as a self-pub because the publishers said to her, and she has, she's on her second publisher, the publisher said to her that there's no market for lesbian. And we'll talk about my conversation with Damon and Heidi about this because uh, to a point they're right. Uh, for mainstream writers who aren't 
focusing on the lesbian genre and building their audience there, there's not much of a return for them uh, in a mainstream audience. Now, for male gay uh, romance, there's a huge audience. It's busting at the seams. There were a lot of authors there who wrote not only uh, straight mainstream romance, but they wrote gay male romance as well. And I hate to say gay male, but some of them call it male male. Some of them call it, you know, M slash M. Some of them call it uh, gay romance. But whatever your uh, acronym is, gay romance is, is burgeoning. And so one of the things when I talk to these women, it's very clear to me that what they were doing is they were hybrids. And a hybrid author is someone who's published mainstream or has a mainstream contract and self-pubs something. Whether they uh, have a mainstream contract for their straight romance and then they self-pub their steampunk or erotica or lesbian romance, they're hybrid authors. Several women came to me and told me, you know, how could they break into the lesbian market? Um, some of it called it FF romance. Uh, one of the things that I told them was, you might want to refer to it as lesbian romance, because those of us who write in the lesbian genre refer to it as lesbian romance. And so we always know if someone's writing outside the genre or isn't, in, isn't part of the community, they refer to it as FF. So um, I told them that they might want to look check their vernacular. The other thing is uh, what one of the things that I told them is, you know, publishers have to be within the community as well and invisible to lesbian readers. There are lots of authors who are having successful careers uh, who are writing spectacular books out there that are in the lesbian genre. So it's not that there isn't an audience, it's how these publishers are reaching that audience. And as I talk to more and more publishers and editors, what's really clear to me is nobody knows where this publishing market is going. Um, the future isn't clearly mapped out. There isn't a clear path forward. And everybody is trying to figure out what the future holds for publishing. I think it gets magnified when we start to look at smaller genres like lesbian publishing because we really uh, don't know what the future holds. And if they don't know, I think that uh, it's a little harder for them to be nimble. Uh, one particular author that I spoke with was a former editor in mainstream publishing, and she worked for a mainstream publisher who I won't name here and basically saw them decimate their staff. They used to have a whole complete art department. Now they contract out all their covers, so they no longer have an art department. She told me that their PR consisted of college interns who came in for the summer and did their PR for them. Now, while this isn't the true, this isn't true with every uh, mainstream publisher, it is starting to be more and more reflective of a lot of publishers. I don't have to tell you all of the publishers who have cut their uh, imprints for urban fiction, urban romance, uh, gay romance, and other genres. Uh, they have totally gotten rid of whole imprints, uh, Harlequin and several other larger publishers, well-known publishers, have really gotten rid of those. 
And one of the things that I said was I think that smaller publishers like Sapphire and other um, genre-specific publishers can be a little more nimble because we aren't looking at a publishing model that goes out two and three years uh, in advance. We're looking at authors. We're trying to put our catalogs together a year in advance. So uh, we have a little bit, we have a bigger, a better ability to be more nimble. And so I think that we can think quicker on our feet and it allows us to uh, enter the market in a way that uh, we can see a good return on investment. Um, why are publishers dropping writers who write lesbian uh, romance or in the lesbian genre in general? Well, you know, there's a lack of marketing in general for big mainstream publishers. Some people say there's no such thing as a mid-list author, um, that author all authors are being treated the same at mainstreams, and I beg to differ. I think that people, you know, if you look at a Dan Brown or you look at, say, a J.R. Ward or Sherilyn Kenyon or, or Patricia um, Cornwell, that you're going to notice they get uh, the lion's share of publicity. They're guaranteed sellers, and a lot of times they carry those people who don't sell as well, who might have great books, but don't sell as well. So um, they're finding themselves in a position where they have to be slimmer, they have to be leaner, and quite frankly, they don't know what's coming. I sat in on a session with uh, a couple of editors who were talking about what they're looking for in genre books. And, you know, zombies are so last year, Steampunk is kind of getting some headway, but what they go with are the tried and true, and that's traditional romance and erotica, um, some sci-fi, but mystery and suspense. So they go with romance and mystery and suspense. And I'll tell you about my um, experience when I pitched to two editors to get a sense of what it's like, because I always sit on the other side of the table. And uh, when people pitch to me, I always say, hey, relax, it's okay, but uh, I found the experience to be interesting, to say the least, and I'll talk to you about some of the questions they asked me, um, and it was interesting to find out from publishers and editors on some of the sessions that I sat in on is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, it's a good, they're going to publish a good story. I'm going to be the breakout lesbian that breaks this wide open because just because my characters are lesbian, it doesn't mean it's a lesbian story. Well, I got news for you. If you got two lesbians, it's a lesbian story. Okay. And that's how they look at it. So you might think you're going to be the next breakout success. Sorry about that success. But in actuality, a mainstream contract may not be coming your way. And that's just the reality of the situation. It's not as though you're putting out a bad book. It has nothing to do with that. It actually has to do with that big green back in the pocket. So um, when I uh, talk to some other publishers, you know, one of the things that really uh, spoke out to me was the dwindling market. And I don't mean dwindling market as to dwindling number of readers, because readers aren't dwindling. The dwindling publishing market. Uh, what's happening in mainstream publishing 
isn't necessarily reflected in lesbian publishing. So let me say that. What's happening in mainstream publishing isn't necessarily being reflected in lesbian publishing. Why is that? We've always struggled to find an audience. We've always been competing against uh, lesbian readers who probably don't read a lot of lesbian genre. So we're fighting for that reader. Where mainstream publishers are fighting for the bigger pie. There are a lot of romance readers, but what they're encountering now is something we've encountered for a long time, and that's uh, the big elephant in the room, Kindle Unlimited. Uh, they are competing against a lot of self-pubbed romance writers who are entering the market with Kindle Unlimited. That's taking a big bite out of their pocket. So they're trying to figure out how are they going to compete. So that's why I'm saying the path forward isn't clearly marked. For publishers. Uh, I think they're finally encountering some of the stuff that we've encountered as lesbian publishers and lesbian authors, that that market looks vast, that landscape looks vastly different to us than it does to some mainstream publishers. So uh, back to a lot of these women who came in and talked to me. Uh, they wanted to know how they get in the market. They write lesbian romance. They haven't seen great sales. They're trying to figure out what it is they do. And, you know, my response to them is pretty much the same as I would tell any author. You know, build your platform. You can't be an expert at everything. So pick a couple of platforms and figure out what it is you do want to be an expert in. Whether it's Instagram Tumblr, if you blog, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, figure out where it is that you want to spend your time. There's an audience in each one of those categories. And we can talk about social media and what platform is best for an author and how you can get more access if you pick one particular platform over another. Um, we could talk about videos and we could talk about audios and we could talk about podcasting and newsletters. But one of the things that was a huge takeaway, and, and I've known this uh, as I build my author brand, is engagement. Engagement with the readers. No author today can sit back and not be engaged with readers, whether it's through your newsletter, where readers want your content social media where it tends to be more passive but you have to be active and hence social you know one of the things that I see um, that was very evident was those who are successful are also successful on social media now some of those authors the big authors have a team that handles their social media that's one of the great things about having a publicist or an agent or somebody who handles all of your stuff. They can give you some advice. When you're doing this on your own, you've got to figure out what's that sweet spot for you. Because I can tell you, you can't sit back and allow your book to flounder on Amazon or Kobo or audio. I mean, this is one of those changing dynamic publishing environments now as we just don't know what sticks. What worked 10 years ago or five years ago isn't going to work today because the landscape is so different. But 
one of the things that will never change is engaging with your readers. Um, when I talk about conferences, you'll notice that one of the things I say is, as an author, you can't let a conference opportunity go by where you don't engage with readers or you you meet new readers or you expose yourself to people you wouldn't normally be exposed to. When I went to Romantic Times, and again, remember, I went as an author. Uh, when people asked who I was published through, I said Sapphire Books. Quite a few people who I was shocked by, and so was Shalene, said, oh my God, I've heard of Sapphire Books. And I would look at Shalene, she would look at me, and I would say, good or bad? Oh no, I heard great things. I, I've, I've heard of that. I've heard of that publishing company. Oh, I've heard great things. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. So, you know, it was it was good to know that whatever we're doing is getting out into the masses, even the straight masses. So it matters. It matters what you do. And conferences like Romantic Times uh, aren't dinosaurs. They're opportunities. And I hope that you think of uh, these kinds of conferences as opportunities to meet new readers, to meet new writers, to meet editors and people who can help you in your career. Um, I made some friends with some great authors who, you know, we both talked about it. We all talked about it and said, you know, if you pimp my stuff, I'll pimp yours. And, you know, it's one of those things that I said in my presentation is that as authors, we get everybody ahead. You know, look at doing more author events together. Anyway, so the big takeaway um, for me, when I did my pitching, I pitched to Kensington and I pitched to Berkeley. Both wanted to hear more about my book uh, that I pitched. But the questions that they asked me were interesting because they asked me about um, my prior publishing experience. When I told them I was self-pub, they wanted to know how many books did I have out? What did my sales look like? What was my social footprint? How engaged was I on social media? And what did my readership look like? They were very interested in how I approached the market. Um, when I said that one of the characters in my book was a lesbian and had a lesbian relationship, their first question was, so is this a lesbian book? And my response was, not necessarily. Um, they wanted to know how I was going to reach a larger audience. Um, they weren't interested in lesbian books. So for those who think they're going to jump out there into the big mainstream market, uh, I'm not saying it's not going to happen to you, but after dealing with two of these very large publishers, the questions that were asked, it was very clear to me that if it was a sole lesbian book, they would be hard pressed to pick it up. And they were very candid. These pitch sessions are casual. They're not intense. Um, it's a great experience. That's the other reason I think that if you think you're going to go mainstream or you want to go mainstream, go to a, a big uh, conference like RWA or Romantic Times or any of the conferences that have agents and editors there that will allow you to pitch to them. Because, look, they're going to be brutally honest with you. They're going to tell you what they're looking for. They're going to ask you how you think you can sell this book, what you think the market is, and they're going to tell you what they think the market is. 
So um, it was great to talk to them. Um, you know, I doubt it's going to go anywhere. They Again, they both wanted to see the manuscript, and I'm happy to do that. But it was more the experience and listening to them and the questions that they asked that was the big takeaway for me. Because as I've said, I've sat on the other side of the table where I've had um, prospective authors pitch to me and tell me about their book. It was interesting to be on the other side. I was nervous. I was anxious. I wanted to make sure that I had my pitch down. Um, you know, they say it should be the elevator pitch that you can give in two minutes. And the essence of the book should be in that pitch. What was great were they were asking me questions about the book, the characters, the plot, um, the depth. So it was a great experience. But again, my big takeaway was if it was solely a lesbian book, they were shying away from that. Now, there's not to say that there's not uh, LGBT imprints at other presses, but for that mainstream contract to get in with the big kids at the table, um, they're not looking for lesbian books, lesbian-centric books. So again, it kind of goes back to those authors who were talking to me who were saying, yeah, my publisher dropped me because I was doing lesbian. I don't know what to do. Uh, so I think I'm just going to self-pub. I'm going to assess after this. I was hoping I was going to meet somebody here. Uh, Mischief Book was there, who is an LGBT press. Uh, we had uh, some short conversations about pitching and stuff. They really wanted me to pitch, and I'm and I thought I'm not going to move from one small press to another small press. I'm very happy with Sapphire, but it was interesting because. Um, they have a lot of uh, gay male submissions. Uh, they did an anthology where they opened up submissions and they wanted to have diverse submissions. But what they ended up with were about, according to them, 80% white gay male submissions. And they were hoping to get some transgendered, lesbian, uh, pan, you know, different spectrums on the queer identity and what they ended up with was 80% uh, white gay male uh, romance. So that's the market. I mean, that's, you know, kind of where uh, LGBTQI uh, fiction is right now. There's a, there's a big push for more. And yet until the market can decide whether that it can support it, I think it's going to be the smaller presses who are really going to be giving um, the queer market its legs at this point so it was interesting again you know I think that uh, if you are interested and want to know more feel free to email me I'm happy to have this discussion with people if you have uh, questions about the podcast let me know I'm happy to uh, do a Q&A session with some readers or authors and get their perspective again this was just my perspective at Romantic Times uh, which is a great, great conference. I really, um, I know that uh, the Book Lovers Con is going to be uh, quite different. It's going to be an invite-only conference, so the changes that they're making are going to be quite uh, interesting. And uh, if you can go to Book Lovers Con, from what I understand, they're going to be having craft tracks so that you can learn more about writing your craft. I know RWA currently does that. So if you're interested in building your craft, getting exposure, um, 
join the RWA, be a part of uh, Book Lovers Con, go to these conferences and, and get involved. Um, they have volunteer opportunities. They have opportunities for you to do the literary, the literacy signings. Um, right now it's about getting the word out. Um, I'll talk more about how Damon and Heidi and I discussed how we can break lesbian fiction open, how we can get lesbian fiction more mainstreamed. Uh, it was a great conversation that I had with them, and I hope I can get them on the podcast so that we can talk about where lesbian fiction is in relationship to uh, gay fiction and how we can hopefully get some legs for, for lesbian fiction. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you got something from this. Um, again, your mileage may differ and your experiences might be different. Um, there's no right or wrong way to publish. Uh, that was another big takeaway from this. A lot of mainstream publishers are going hybrid or mainstream authors are going hybrid for that reason. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's our, it's a, uh, it's been a, a blast uh, going to these conferences and hopefully bringing back some interesting information. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye.